All right, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of The Pinnit Shakespeare. Um, sadly, Catherine probably couldn't make it for me for this one, so it's just uh, me, Colin Kelly. I directed this thing. Cat uh, helped me a lot with it. Um, in charge of casting. Let's see, what else do I do around here? Um, I'm crazy, in case you haven't noticed. Uh, back, since it's just me, this is going to be me just rambling at you and trying not to be the guy who sits there and listens to it. Uh, right now we have Abby Lay as Witch 1, Kristen Bates as Witch 2, and Beth Freely as Witch 3. Um, the setting is a cave, so of course I'm trying to keep the uh, uh, the atmosphere effect of the cave with the uh, equalization I've put onto the filters. Now, as you can tell, the uh, whooshing every time each of them makes off ingredients is uh, them going into the cauldron and there's bubbling and yada yada yada. Um, Okay, this is where I'm being quirky, crazy Shakespeare guy, so... Uh, the, the witches do a phenomenal job with this, I think, because it's one of the more pivotal things of Macbeth. Um, the reason I say that, though, is because uh, when I was in fifth grade, I actually have some of this monologue memorized. But I think that was more due to playing a lot of uh, Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego and paying attention to the part where you have to meet with Shakespeare and have him perform his play in the Rose Theater, but somebody stole the play. Nothing to do with this scene. Um, that's Catherine Pride's Hecate, who... Oh, she's awesome. Oh, and then this uh, piece of music is called Alchemist Tower. Uh, by Kevin McLeod, of course. Most of the music you hear here is from Kevin McLeod. A couple of the things come from the Miss Open Symphony Orchestra, but uh, not enough of them. And enter Pete Bylan as Macbeth. Secret black and midnight hags. What is it? I'm sorry. I'm rather excited in case you haven't known. Um, one of the interpretations that has been made about the scene is that it can happen completely in Macbeth's head. Which is why he is outside of the echo filter, though the witches are. Um, because if that is true and this is all in Macbeth's head, Though castles top well, the water, it's in Macbeth's head, folks. What else am I supposed to do? To slope their heads to um, their though the treasure of nature's Germans. Uh, Pete Maline is so good as Macbeth because um, he has this. He pays so much attention to what the words are saying. When I'm sitting down to direct to take his takes that he's given to me. I can take them and mix and match and place them as I need them. And he's remembered the pauses. He's got the different pacing down. He's just very, very good at making him listenable. Um, I may be overcompensating for the lack of other person here by talking twice as much. Uh, Macbeth. Vincent Morrison, um, again, is the first apparition. Uh, Vincent has one of those deep, resonant bass voices that I wish I had. <laughs> and he just is so epic in this room. I mean, he's all, the one thing about all the apparitions we have is that they only have one line, or two lines even. And they just knock it out. Had I three years, I'd hear thee. So here he is, Perry Whittle, um, who also played Donald Bane in um, 
Act two. Yeah, act two. Um, that I kind of one of the things I'm trying to do with Macbeth is keep it a uh, close knit cast, which is what I kind of do with with Shakespeare in general. That's why all the messengers are the same guy, because as a listener, it'll be hard to figure out who these uh, fifteen people are if you don't know. So I'm trying to make it familiar to people. The issue of a king and wears upon its baby brow the round and top of sovereignty. Listen, but speak not to it. Be lion metaled, proud, and take no care. And James Rossi, um, who plays Banquo, which is why he comes back as the third apparition, because Macbeth is set up um, by. Lastly, it's kind of my thought. It was more like uh, Fleance's revenge. Good. So. Rebellion's head rise never till the wood of Burnham rise, and our high placed Macbeth shall live the lease of nature, pay his breath to time um, mortal Pete, Pete, good job, man. Seriously, um, I'm so proud of the cast I have for Macbeth. And I think it's definitely the strongest cast that Pitt has had right now because of how smart these guys are. I mean, Ebby Lay. Be satisfied. Well, Ambie Lay, Beth, Ambie, Beth, and Kristen, and uh, Pete, and all three of my apparitions just bring their A-game every time. So depart. Um, and this time I'm using Stoneward Battle again, if you remember from Act 3. Um, Stoneward Battle was my Banquo's Ghost song. So here we have the ghosts walking again, and it's the same music. Um, one thing I've tried with Macbeth, um, and this will continue into the other plays, every single one of these uh, acts has the same kind of music. I reuse a lot of the same pieces, and that's kind of something I took from an anime I was watching, Gerd Lagan. Um, because they have a soundtrack that they use all the time. And, you know, this theme is this, this theme is that. And just as you're watching it, you know kind of what's going on, and you have this feel that's set up by the music. And uh, this is Devastation and Revenge. Uh. The rhyming. Shakespeare has a lot of rhyming, and Let this pernicious I think it's just epic how, to be honest, the wordsmithing and the crafting. I mean, can you imagine sitting down to write this thing? Uh, Chris Hackney is Lennox, and, you know, Lennox, I think, is kind of like the, uh, the vizier told this. He's he's kind of sitting here going, um, I'm helping the king, but I'm not sure if he's the right. He's doing the right thing. He's kind of a weird, folks. Fled to England. I am a good lord. Time thou and his. What England? Oh, Pete. Pete, you make me laugh. Oh, it's funny is, I think about it. Half the time my cast has said this at one point or another, but they've put an ad lib into the into these. You know, they've gone. Uh, I should say it like this, and then they go, "Oh crap! No, wait, it's Shakespeare. I can't ad-lib." The castle of Macduff, I will surprise. Seize upon fight. Give to the edge of the sword his wife. His wife. His wife. One thing uh, directing this gives you a better appreciation for the text because you're sitting there and you listen to it, 
happening at least 50 times. Um, that's one thing I know about directing um, has helped me as a writer because I know what doesn't work what had he in audio to make him fly the land. You must because of what I've seen he had or heard happen. This fight was madness. When um, here we have Renee Christine Jones as Lady Macbeth. You know not whether it was um, you'll hear, by the way, next month, or in three months as Beatrice for his mansions, uh, Much Ado About Nothing. And it is sounding good, folks. Does fly, um, and Chris loves us not. Karen Kaler as uh, Ross. The poor wren, the most and to be honest, Karen does an excellent job with Ross in this act. Um, you'll hear it more next scene. Next scene, but she has this emotion that it, she's got it restrained. It sounds like. I pray you school yourself, but for your husband, he is noble, wise, judicious, and best knows the fits of the season. I dare not speak much further, but cruel are the times when we are traitors and do not know ourselves, when we hold rumor from what we fear, yet know not what we fear. You notice how. Just the way that Karen is playing her character, it is very much. I take my leave of you. Shall not be long, but I'll be here again. Things at the worst will. Very much kind of like a sister, which I guess it's a cousin. Um, as she says in the text. Blessing upon you. And she put that in, by the way, that kiss right there. And yet he is fatherless. I am so much and fool. I definitely it tells you when an actress or an actress is getting into a role when they're adding little touches, they're. Well, ad-libbing, but we can't really do that. Um, when they so, uh, are so wrapped up in the role and what's going on what that they add a little something to their performance. As birds do, mother. Poor bird. Uh, it's Tasha Devra. Um, for those of you guys who don't know, Tasha is uh, Renee's daughter. And I, she's done a bunch of things with her mother before. And the recording of this... Now, how wilt thou do for a um, has them going back and forth over the parts. Why, I can buy me 20 at any market. Then and Tasha's just... Sell again. <laughs> speakest with all thy wit, and yet it Tasha's pretty awesome. I've, I've had the fortune of meeting uh, traitor, Renee and uh, Tasha in person and having dinner with them and talking. Why, and Tasha's just one of those big bowls of snark. Every... One. That you know, you're just you're talking with her, and she's you know ten, twenty. No, I'm not that old. Uh, she's ten years younger than you, and she's keeping holding her own against you. And you're just like, whoa, this kid's smart. For there are liars and swearers now to beat the honest men and hang up them. God help you, poor monkey. Uh, you poor monkey. do for a father? If he were dead, you'd weep for him. If you would not, it were a good sign. I should quickly have a new father. Um, <laughs> poor one unintentional, couple unintentional things with Beth. Um, when I was casting this, you, fair dame. Uh, Tabula Rasa was state of honor. I in its casting as well. Some danger doesn't um, near and there's Dave Morgan as the messenger. As I said, he comes around all the time. Hence, with your little ones. I try to keep that recurring cast, but uh, back when we were doing the casting. Uh, Tabula Rasa was casting the Morris Boys, which Tasha auditioned for, and the uh, Condell brothers uh, wound up getting. So I kind of went to Anna and Jack, and I said, hey, um, do you have any people who aren't getting cast that um, would be I could use for the uh, Macduff's son? And well, they go, well, there's Natasha Damroth. I'm like, oh, well, Renee auditioned for Lady Macbeth, so I'll just borrow her, if you don't mind. 
What are these faces? Where is your husband? Uh, the return of the, the murderers. Um, one thing is, there's three murderers in the scene, but you only hear Kristen. Thou liest, thou shag-haired villain. What, you egg? Young fry of treachery. Young fry of treachery. He's killing mother. Run away. I pray you. Murder. 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 Uh... Let's be honest, horns are sexy. Anyone who says otherwise, I will fight you. And that weep our sad bosoms empty. Uh, we have Chris Britton as Malcolm right here, and the one and only David Alt as McDuff. new widows howl, new orphans cry, new sorrows strike heaven on the face, that it resound as if it felt with Scotland, and yelled out like syllable of dollar. What I believe I'll wail. Uh, David. And what I can redress. David and Pete. You see, the thing was, between them, one of them was going to be... Spoke. Macbeth. Maybe so, perchance. So I'm like, well, whoever I don't cast as Macbeth is going to be Macduff. And well, once thought honest. Between the two, just Pete sounds more. I don't want to say sinister, but he's just kind of got this more rougher quality to him. Plus, he has the entire uh, Dave Turnit thing that himself and Banquo have, which makes him sound like they grew up together in their childhood friends. Um. But I shall crave your pardon. But David Ald just sounds the nobleman. He's Angel the bright still, though the brightest fell. You believe that he is true and good. And right now, uh Chris Brand's doing a good job of the Malcolm chance. Even there where I did Malcolm's just being uber self depreciating and he's wife and child. Going, I I suck, folks. I just suck. And we that's kinda like going, I let not my jealousies be your dishonest. Come on, I, you come on, man. You know, get snap out of it. You may be rightly just. And I think some of us have been this way with a friend. We've had uh, a friend who's been like, oh, I'm a dick. And like, dude, you're not a dick. And he's like, no, I'm a dick. I did this, this, and this. And like, dude, you're not a dick. This happens, this happens, and this happens. It's not your fault. I would not be the villain that that um, And a lot of us have to deal with that. And even 400 years ago, I speak they were still dealing with that kind of self-depreciation, thinking you're worthless, uh, low self-esteem, or self-esteem as it's pronounced. Each day added to her wounds. I think with all the would-be hands uplifted in my right, and here from gracious England have I offer our goodly thousands. But for all this, uh. I shall trend upon the tyrant's head, or wear it on my sword. Yet my poor country shall have more vices than it had before, more suffer and more sundry ways than ever, by him that shall succeed. What should he be? Ah, uh, Malcolm. It is myself I mean, in whom I know all the particulars of vice so grafted that, when that day shall You know, be what's funny is, Black Macbeth um, to do another metapinic meta thing, uh, Chris, if you don't know... Is the writer and one of the main directors of the line. And if you know what you think about the show, hearing him talking about Malcolm and the attributes that Malcolm had is kind of ironic. Because if you know anything about the line, folks, that show has all that in it. My voluptuousness. Your wives, your daughters, your matrons, and your maids could not fill up the cistern of my lust. Desire all continent impediments would overbear though did oppose my will. Um, I believe this song is this is the revenge part about devastation and revenge. And such a one as to reign. Boundless intemperance in nature is a tyranny. It has been the untimely emptying of the happy throne and fall of many kings. 
But fear not yet to take upon you what is yours. You may convey your pleasures in a spacious plenty, and yet seem cold the time you may so hoodwink. We yeah, it doesn't matter that you want to boink every woman in the next you 20 miles. So we can, we can work with that. It's better than Macbeth. So with this there grows in my most ill-composed affection such a staunchless avarice that were I king, I would cut off the nobles from their lands, desire his jewels and this other's house, and my more having would be... Better than being quiet, I need to talk more. Hunger more. Um... <laughs> I should forge quarrels in just against the good and loyal destroy really I really like how this scene came out between the two of them because um, they're kind of just walking around in England going we need to do this but we don't want to kind of Scotland hath voices to fill up your will of your mere own all these are portable with other graces way but I have none a king becoming graces, as justice, verity, temperance, stableness, bounty, perseverance, mercy, lowliness, devotion, patience, courage, fortitude. I have no relish of them, but abound in the division. Chris, I, I remember when I was like, takes them out. in many ways. You know, all those words are like, ish, isness, isness. And after a while, you know, you had the task of trying not to slur all those together, especially when you're speaking. Uh, with an accent, I mean, if such a one be fit to govern, just speak. I am as I have spoken. Fit to govern? No, not to live. Oh, nation miserable with an untitled tyrant. And bloody both of these guys, it's got to be difficult. It's really difficult, I think, with Shakespeare sometimes to make sure you're getting everything in the right pacing and the right diction and the right meaning between them. And both all these actors have done just a great job of bringing. The, queen that the text the alive, and it's. I'm, I'm so glad to have these guys from Macbeth. Fare thee well. These evils thou repeatest upon thyself have banished me from Scotland. Come, rest. Thy hope ends here. Macduff, this noble passion, child of integrity, hath from my soul wiped the black scruples, recoiled my thoughts to thy good truth and honor. Devilish Macbeth. By many of these trains have sought to win me. See, there's one thing I've wondered is this entire spiel that um, Malcolm has been giving. He says Macbeth has been trying to wean him towards it. And one of the questions might be is, is Macbeth and Malcolm have a communication? Or did Malcolm say, just Macbeth kind of encourage him to stay away because of all this? Never was forsworn. Scarcely have coveted what was mine own. At no time broke my faith, would not betray the devil to his fellow, and delight no less in truth than life. My first false speaking was this upon thyself. What I am truly is thine. And, my uh, and here, this is when Whether I think Malcolm's character development hits, and he decides that he is worthy of being a king. With ten thousand warlike men, already at a point, was settling forth. Now altogether, and the chance of... See, and I'm listening to the episode again. This is... This is what happens when you have a good cast, people. You want to sit there and you want to go, Oh, those guys are good. Well, more anon. Comes the king forth, I pray you. Oh, and uh, we may have had a little problem with uh, casting an actor and it, uh, someone had to step in. So the worst Shakespeare actor in the show has just had his one line and he's got the show. Thank you, Doctor. Because he sucketh. What's the disease he means? It is called the evil. A most miraculous work in this good king, which often since my hero. What's interesting, I guess, don't think you guys 
How unless you, you know, you're, you know, flawed about English history, but a lot of what Shakespeare writes in Macbeth is to appease uh, the king at the time, uh, King Jaw, which is why, which traces his lineage of Banquo, which is why Flance escapes. Um, I think Macbeth held court for 12 years. I'm not sure. It's been a little while since I was in school studying this. Um, this is why I need cat, folks. See, who comes here? A countryman, but yet I know her not. And one of them, though, is the king at the time, during this reign, how he had the rumor that he could give miracles to people. Sir, amen. Stand Scotland where it did. Alas, poor country. And here's Karen Keeler again, with, uh... Or nothing but who knows Dana Ross. And I just want you guys to pay attention to her. And groans and shrieks that rend the air are made because, once again, not the largest character in the show. But she brings her egg. And it's you can tell because of how in in a couple moments she's gonna tell Macbeth about his wife. What's the newest grief? That of an hour's age doth hiss the speaker. And it kinda starts about here. How does my wife? Why well, and all but children. Well too. when showing emotion in audio, there's usually two routes no, I see people go. They were well the first is the blubbering! <laughs> why? 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 Um, you know, the crying, and I just... I don't like that. Yeah, to be honest, it's just too over the top. It's too which was to my belief fake. I mean, as you can tell, it's doable. Now is the time of health. But, you know, in real life, in Scotland would people don't cry like that. People don't go through emotions like that. Um, the comfort we are coming thither. Gracious England hath lent us good seward and ten thousand men. When emotion is shown in audio, I think it is best shown with restraint. Like, like, I want to, br to just bur break into tears and be crying. What concern they? But I'm General holding it in. Or is defeat grief due to some And if you listen to Karen as the Thane of Ross, but in it shares some woe. You can the hear the tears in her voice and and in her eyes and the you know the sniffiness of her nose. Let not your ears despise my tongue forever, which shall possess them with the heaviest sound that ever yet they heard. But she holds mm. it in. I guess at it. Your castle Clarity. is surprised. Your wife and babes savage. Right there, that, that little warble in her voice. On the quarry of these murdered deer. To add the death of you. And it's just so powerful, I think, that impact. Um, when it's restrained as opposed to over the top. And I have to say, guys, any of you guys who are actors and are listening to this, that is dramatic. That is beautiful. My wife killed two. And David Alt's also doing it if you listen to him. Let's make us medicines of great revenge to cure this deadly grief. He I think Karen that. pulls it off just oh, a bit more than him. Sorry, ones. David. Did you say all? Oh, how kite all? What? All of my pretty chickens and their dam at one fell swoop. Dispute it like a man. I shall do so. See, listen to how they hold in the tears, though, guys. That's that's acting. That is acting right there. It is good acting. Good job. I don't know. I have to say, be in a British accent to say that. Duff, they were all struck for thee. Not that I am not for their own demerits, but for mine fell slaughter on their souls. Heaven rest them now. Be this the whetstone of your sword? Let grief convert to anger. Blunt not the heart. Enrage it. But gentle heavens cut short all intermission. 
front to front, bring thou this fiend of Scotland. See, then Mel, to be honest, it's kind of switched. The scene started with um, Macduff consoling Malcolm, and now it flips, and Malcolm is empowering Macduff. Macbeth is right for shaking, and the powers above put on their instruments. Receive what cheer you may. The night is long that never finds the day. Oh, Chris. Just the way this cast the has come together for the show is just the amazing. Bill variety show. And I'm so lucky to have Macbeth, them. Act four. And I'd like to thank them for Featuring the wonderful the job they did. Of um, Pete Milan as Macbeth. David Alt as Macduff. Hopefully next Renee week. Christine hopefully Jones next time I'll have Cat with me. Natasha uh, we'll working as on their son. getting the scheduling. Aaron Collar as Ross. Uh, properly done Chris for that. Chris as Lennox. Chris Britton as Malcolm. Ambie Lee as the first witch. Um, it was great for you guys. Listen to this. I hope I didn't ramble too much. I hope I rambled enough. The third witch. I hope you're not sitting here going, God, what is the Colin kid going to shut up? If you're listening to this all the way through, I commend you. Catherine Pride as Hecate. Dave Morgan as the messenger. And written by William Shakespeare. I hope you Adapted guys have a by Colin day. Kelly and Catherine Pride. Script oh, analysis and dramaturgy by Catherine Pride. Uh, Directed by Colin Kelly. Goodbye Music now. by Kevin McLeod and the Masopan Symphony Orchestra. Shakespeare theme by Pavel Zook of pavelzook.com. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2012, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit pendantaudio.com. Thanks for listening.